Hello and welcome, I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We are still knee-deep in tech and we have found Michael Bender. How's it going, guys? So far, so good. Yep. Thank you very much for having us, or the other <laughs> way around. It is the end of Ignite and our brains are mush. That's, that's normally how it is. It's a long, long week uh, full of sessions and networking and hallway sessions and sessions at night and <laughs> and walking and walking yeah. yes lots lots and lots of walking at least not a lot of walking from the south building exactly to the west yeah. building they really laid it out yeah. really well this year i think so alexander wasn't here last year so he hasn't experienced the the bridge walk no you know I, we could probably work that out yeah. i should have had the interview in the south building <laughs> That would actually be that could be our thing for next year, bridge walks with Alexander and Simon. You know, that might be the case. Yeah. So, back to topic. Who are <laughs> you and what do you do? So, uh, those of you that don't know me, my name is Michael Bender. I am a cloud advocate at Microsoft. So I focus on the operations community. So this is a a brand new team. We're about three months in on the team, and. So basically what we do is we, we're advocates for the operations people and we're, we're advocates for everybody. So anybody that comes up to me and has a question, I will try to answer that question. If they ask me a question on how do I put my Node.js code into Azure, I might be like, let me find somebody for you. <laughs> But if somebody wants to talk IaaS, they want to talk PowerShell, they want to talk automation, those are things that I can talk about. So we're really focused on the operations community and really getting them back engaged with Microsoft so that they, you know, so that they have a friendly face and they have a voice within Microsoft. So we we do we're focused on building content, presenting, we're focused on connecting, whether it be in person or through social media with all of our audiences so that we can get their feedback to make our products better. As both of you probably know, over the years we've seen this great change at Microsoft where the products aren't made in a vacuum. They're made with the customer's input. We're not trying to build something you don't want. We want to build things that our customers use so that they can deliver their services or whatever their thing is that they do to their customers. So we want that feedback. What's great about my position is I work in Azure engineering, so I don't work in marketing. So I don't have marketing goals. I have engineering goals. I have goals to bring that feedback back to Microsoft. So when I, when I talk to people and there's problems, maybe they have something they'd like to see in the product. Hey. I've got a whole status report I'm creating from this week that includes things that I'm going to be taking back to certain groups of, I talk to customers and these are things that they'd like to see in the products. And that's part of my job. The other part of it is to make sure that we can get the information to all of our customers. So if people aren't familiar with it, docs.microsoft.com or short docs.com is really what we consider the center of the Microsoft universe because we believe our documentation is a product and one of the most important products because 
it's where all of our customers learn how to use our products. Yep. And a big thing on Docs, it's built on GitHub. So you can go out there and give us feedback. If you're comfortable with Git and using GitHub, you can go in with your GitHub account, you can put changes into our documentation, and you can create a pull request, which puts that into the issues log, and then someone at Microsoft will go and go, hey, this is either something we want to implement, or maybe it's something we want to look at later, and if your changes get put into the documentation, you now become a contributor of that. So we want to create with our documentation that it's a two-way street because we want it to be updated. We no longer want those days, we're all familiar with the 27 different properties where everything is and you're going out and you're like, this hasn't been updated since 2014, is that Docs is really going to be where everything lives and it's going to be designed to be up to date with the help of all of our customers and also us internally working together to make sure that it's the most consistent place for finding out how to work with all of our products. This is kind of interesting because it's it's yet, yet another piece of the puzzle because when we had the MCT Zero Day, Alison Craker of Microsoft Learning was very clear on that the, the most important words now are consistency. So consistency across certifications, consistency across training, and apparently consistency across um, documentation as well. Absolutely. And you have in some way managed to make documentation sound interesting. It, that is amazing it, in itself. It is. If, you, if you've used our documentation, the first time when I started using docs, I'm like, where has this been all my life? Yes, some of it isn't where we might like it to be. Yet. But that's where, yet, it's going to be there. Exactly. And that's where we need, you know, whether, whether they be MVPs or MCTs or anybody that uses our product, anybody that has, if there's a document out there that you're like, it could really use a little extra something. Mm -hmm. Well, tell us what that extra something is and maybe go that extra yard and give us what you think that extra something is. Because it is so important. I was actually talking with some of the MCTs down in the, the, on the show floor just about probably like 45 minutes ago. Okay. And we were kind of talking about these same sort of things that when you start looking at it, they were like, well, when you want to learn Azure, where do you go? Where do they point them? They're pointing them to things like Microsoft Learn. Yeah. And then they're pointing them to docs.com because those are the most relevant resources, the most up-to-date resources. And yes, there's, you know, there's there's a lot of different training out there from different vendors and things like that. And I've done training and I've done books and all those. But anybody, you know, the general thing is anybody that's ever written a book mm -hmm. or a white paper, the going the the saying is that as soon as you write it, it's out of date. Yep. And the point of where we're trying to get with docs is to not be as out of date. And and especially like it's not only being out of date; it's also that you can actually get a, um, some kind of acknowledgement that this documentation has been looked at and is still relevant, even though it may be two years old. Since exactly, nothing has happened. So only to get that timestamp, someone perhaps did and like grammatical 
error which someone else uh, corrected and probably read the entire documentation and realized that yeah it's all correct it's all still relevant let's just update the timestamp for it to get people to understand that this is still relevant it's something you can trust even though it looks a bit old yep yep we do uh you know there's uh there's responsibilities yep. in the, in all of the chain, so the owners of documents are responsible for making sure that the you know the life cycles of those are maintained and that a certain level of freshness um, is maintained in there as well. And so you know it's great when you you know you you have an idea of when those documents are up to date, and especially when it's in the, the same year as opposed to you know oh hey this is from 2013. Yeah. <laughs> Well, not very much has changed since 2013, has it? No, not, no nothing at no, all. No, <laughs> no. Um, I, I, I started working with Power BI before it was actually called Power BI. And I kind of dread going on vacation because just turning your back to that product for 15 minutes is going to mean either half of it is re rewritten or changed or added to. So it is so hard to keep up, which kind of, this is... This might be one of my best segues yeah. ever, just yeah, yeah. pointing that yeah. out. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. It's all about exchanging knowledge and it's all about, in general, a community. And you have had quite an interesting run when it comes to community because you started something small that kind of snowballed. Can you tell us about a bit about that? Absolutely. So um, you're probably talking about a group called The Crew. I might. Might be. Yeah. So uh, to to give proper credit, because I always give proper credit, I did I didn't actually found the crew. There were there were two gentlemen, um, Cliff and Brandon. They created the group is based out of a uh, message group in uh, Tech Ed in two thousand seven. And so it was a it was a it, the group was actually called Where's the Party? So it was designed for people to get together during the week, to mingle, to network, and also to find all of those vendor parties and, and things like those, all of those nighttime events. And I was involved that first year just as a participant. And I'm like, this is really cool. Because I can remember going to some of my first events, being there, not knowing anybody that it, you know, it's kind of a scary place if it's your yeah. first time being at an event and not knowing anybody. So I'm like, this is a really cool thing. And so I decided, I was on Twitter, I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna create a Twitter account for at the crew. Mm -hmm. And so I created this account and originally it was supposed to be kind of the same sort of thing, a way for all of us to be kind of connected. We yeah. could put central announcements through there. We used the hashtag for when we found cool swag or where we are at and, and all those sorts of things. And then. Um, go forward a couple years, we, we started a, a group on Facebook. And that's really where things really started to change because uh, Twitter's a great platform for putting out short messages. I think it's a great place of keeping track of technology yeah. because people it's a great way for people to put out quick bursts of information with a, something to check out. But, but it's really hard to have real engagement with yeah. people on Twitter. Whereas Facebook, when we started out, we created a private group that it created a place where we could all exchange ideas. And what I love about the group is that every single day I go in there and somebody is either 
sharing what they know or they're asking a question about something they have a problem with and people are then sh helping them by chiming in and going, hey, have you checked this out? Have you checked that out? That I like to call it as this is the best Rolodex for IT people that you can't pay for. Yeah. Because we don't have any membership fees. All you have to do is come and join our group and, you know, a lot of people might, we have a lot of people that just sit on the sidelines and kind of, you know, see what happens. But what often happens is every year I see more and more, and the reason why the group has grown is that one year you have somebody that just comes at the meet and greet and they're just kind of like looking around. And um, one of our members, I remember I saw a transformation in a period of three years. He went from being kind of being at the first meet and greet, sitting on the sidelines. Then he got involved. He helped me organize the, the meet and greet events. Three years down the road, he was doing a ton of PowerShell stuff. He was getting a lot of exposure. He was getting, getting, he was moving up professionally. And it was just great to see how the community allowed him to be able to grow in a safe environment. In fact, many of us are introverts. A lot of people will, when they, when I tell them that I'm an introvert, they're like, they're like, you gotta be kidding me. And I'm like, no, is that, an introvert has nothing to do with whether you're shy or not, or whether you can stand on stage and talk, or whether you can have have a rich conversation with anybody. It has to do with energy. Yep. It has to do with an introvert does not get filled back up by giving of themselves on stage. You may get that energy of you you get hyped up for the the presentation. But the amount of energy that you expend, especially a week like this at Ignite, I'm going to have to take a nap for a week because, and I'm not going to, it's, it's a good thing that I work from home because I'm not really going to want to see anybody besides my family because I've spent so much time putting out there. And it's such a safe place to allow people to be themselves and to determine when they're ready to share with the group and to, to, to share what they know and it's a safe place to you know because I've had times where you know people ask questions that some people might think is like a 50 level question but nobody's a there's no trolling no nobody's going to troll right, you right, when you right. ask a question that is is a question that somebody that's been around for 10 or 15 years might be like I can't believe that that's such an obvious question we don't get that so it's a really great community for people to, to participate in. Yeah. And I think what's unique almost with the crew is also that uh, it started off, like you said, with people asking questions around technology and so on. But I remember, was it three or four years ago perhaps, uh, when you uh, at one of the meeting greets said, now let's help each other. If anyone's having a hard time finding a job, finding things to do, uh, struggling with mental health, reach out let us be a something bigger than a technical community and that's something that's actually been working out since then people have received job offerings through, through the crew received new uh, assignments projects uh, really the essence of the community has been a lot bigger than just being a technology community group uh, so what's your thoughts about that i i 
I probably couldn't say it any better. I totally agree with all of those is that, you know, it, it's interesting because you start to, I started to see over the years that, you know, there's a couple of other kind of groups that evolve around this conference. And, you know, while we grew out of defining all of the events and we were for a while the party group but it was never about just the parties the parties the events at night were a means to be able to connect people together to get people to go in groups together to it was people like to hang out in groups and and meet each other and learn and grow as people so it's you know the the community is so important in that way of you know allowing people to move forward i can you know i tell everybody that i run into that i would not be and i've told you've probably heard me say this over the years almost everything throughout my recent career path over the last 8 years would not have been possible without the networking that I did for this group. So take the position I am. I can directly relate knowing what I know, hindsight, without the crew, without meeting certain people through that trajectory, I never would have been in this position. A number of opportunities I've done. The Pluralsight came out of the fact of the group and the people that I met through that. So almost all of my professional opportunities and where I'm at in my career are all based out of what's, yep. what I've gotten from this group. So for all that I've put into the group over the years, I've gotten so much more out. And I've said that for years. And that's one of the things that I always tell people about community. And it's not you may not get a financial gain right away. You may not get a, you know, something tangible. But I always say that, especially whether it be com- community through, like, what we do here, whether it be charitable work, whether it be whatever, when you put of yourself into something like this, the universe is inevitably going to give back to you. It might not be right away, but at some time you will always get more out of something when you put something into it. It's when you don't put anything into it, you might get a little bit out, but as, like I said before, people that have put of themselves really into it and have gotten really involved have gotten a lot more than they did. So the more participation people have in communities, inevitably the more that they're gonna get out of that for themselves. Yeah, um, I came up from the I started out working with Oracle many, many, many years ago, and the Oracle community is kind of closed, or I should say very closed and very uh, careful of, of who you are. Then I went into SQL Server, and I met the SQL family, which is kind of a very loose-knit group, and that was exactly like the Oracle community, just the other way around, because everyone is helping everyone, and I thought that, that was unique. Then Simon comes along and drags me into the crew and says, you should see this. And I go, well, I have the sequel. Dude, this is amazing. 
So it turns out that we have both the Zippo family and we have the crew. And as you say, you get what you get. And I don't think either of us would be where we are at without either of these groups either. So yeah, awesome that, stuff. The, the Sequel family is a really great family of people. I, I, I've, I've met a few of the people over the years. Mm -hmm. um, I've known Denny for a number of yeah. years. So um, I, was he the, here this year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, both uh, I, Danny and Joey were, were in the book. Unfortunately, I didn't run into him this year. I saw him at, at MVP Summit, and it's always great to see him. But he's always, you know, he's always super busy because, you know, he, he he's work. He's, he's got the community, and he's got yeah. all of those other things going on. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing when you find all of these different, you know, rich groups and amazing people yep. and I'm, I'm so super happy that he recovered so quickly from his his tumor yeah so what's next for michael bender the upcoming ones so what's next for me as you probably know you probably saw the announcements that came out so ignite of course is going to be next november yep. i believe the dates were the fourth through the ninth but don't quote me i yep, think were. that's what it was yep. uh, which is very exciting um my family and I, we like to come down to, uh, we're Disney Vacation Club members, yep. so we like to come down to Disney a lot. However, in the past, because of my previous job, we always go to in the summer. And after being here last June for uh, eight days, yep. we've decided that, no, nah, I'm done with summer. <laughs> so I think, and we had talked about taking my son down for like two to three days during the, 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 pre-winter season rolling up to the holidays uh, because Disney really comes out and they've got all of the cool things going on. So I think we're going to bring him down for that. But the really big thing that's on our radar is the Ignite Tour. Yeah. Right. So that's going to be a 17-day tour all around the world. Two days readiness-based content for, for developers, for IT operations people that is so it's going to be two days it's a free event you come out you learn all about our products you learn how to take our products back into your organization and how to use them and how to get started with azure get started with new server 2019 all of the other things that you know all of the, the the cool new things so that's really going to be top of mind for me when i get back our team is our team's going to be heavily involved with that. I'm going to be traveling with that. Um, I don't know which ones I'm going to. I'm really hoping I get to go to Stockholm. So that was one that I was really excited about um, when I saw it on there. I'm not sure where the dates are going to fall. So I'm going to be doing a bunch of international traveling. Yep. I've got some content that I'm working on building that I think is going to, when it comes forward, is going to be really great for the operations communities. I'm, I've been making some relationships with the, the PowerShell product group, so I'm going to be working with them to help us better engage our customers and get them the knowledge they need to better skill themselves up and know how to use PowerShell because that is, that's really the the end all be all for yes. whether where it's the, on, the glue the glue whether it's on prem or in the cloud 
PowerShell is your tool to, to automation. Not that there aren't other things and those all, other things will come back. That is for the operations people. That's how operations people can understand how to automate. They're not gonna learn to automate automatically using ARM templates or you know, go write no. some JSON. Yeah. No. Yeah. Or go, you know, use some of these tools and, and things like that. They need to automate the little things, learn how to do things that they normally do in the GUI, they do it with PowerShell, and that's gonna lead them to ro the road to being able to, to to automate all of the things. So lots of stuff that our, our team is working on and you know, continually working to engage our audiences and and connect with people. Uh, I don't have any traveling over the next couple of months, which will be nice because I'll be <laughs> be home. I'll be able to um, engage with my family, but also be able to build cool content and work on, you know, just continuing the online engagement with everybody. Because I find that I love the in-person stuff because it's great to have the one-on-one -on -one conversations, but it's really good to have, you know, Twitter and Facebook engagement with people and looking at some other platforms as well to be able to share what I know with mass people. As much as I like presenting, I would much rather sit at home, be with my friends and family, be in, be in my home and develop great content that goes out to tens of thousands of people than to be in, you know, whether it be a small conference or whatever, to deliver to two or 300. Not that I don't do that. It's simply a matter of, for me, that a big part of my role is I wanna make sure that I get reach. And that's, that's what's really important. And that's why I left my, my old position was because it's allowed me to, to be able to share with more people. So for me, it's about getting more people out there. So I'm, I'm making a good balance of sharing online and sharing through our through docs.com and through my blog and Twitter and all those sorts of things and then also the the in-person thing whether it be user groups or through uh, conferences such as ignite the ignite tour we're going to be at third our team's going to be at third party conferences as well so a lot of the, the operations conferences that are rolling up now here in October and November you're going to see a lot of people from our our um, teams there and then a lot of other third-party conferences that Microsoft traditionally hasn't been at you're going to see at um, some of our members were at VMworld which is you might sound strange <laughs> that oh Microsoft they were they, they they had a really good engagement with people from there it's a it's an interesting dynamic but they they really got a lot of good feedback and that that there was, you know, there was definitely some opportunities there. So, so we're looking for all of these different opportunities than the traditional places where you'd see Microsoft people. So there's gonna be a chance that in the operation space, you're gonna to start to see people from our teams in some of these places where you're like, oh, hey, there's somebody from Microsoft here. That's kind of new, that's kind of interesting. So, because, you know, we're all of this growth mindset at Microsoft where we're just open to everything. We want, you know, we want to build products for everybody and we want, we want to make them open. We want to make sure that, you know, we're meeting the needs of the, the people that need to use, use our products. So we're trying to just get out to as many people as we can. 
that's awesome uh, I hope we'll see you in Stockholm then. February, if I remember correctly. Last week of February. This is the last week of February? Yeah, I believe so. 25th to 27th, something like that, if okay. I remember correctly. Is there any way for us to be part of this Ignite tour, or is it only Microsoft speakers? That's a great question. I do not know. Uh, we're still in the... You know, we're, we're still in the process of really building this out. Mm. So that's something that is probably going to be coming to the forefront some, sometime in the future. When that information is going to be available, I'm not sure, but I'd be happy to, I'd, I'd be happy to you know, connect with both of you um, if and when something is, happens sure. with that and, and, and things like that. So. Yeah, we're, we're not really sure how, or at least I know people are working on that, <laughs> just not me. So no, as, mean, you can, as you can imagine, in, in a company the size of Microsoft that, you know, I don't, fortunately, I don't get an email for all of those things. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh. That would drive consumption in Exchange Online, though. It, it would. Yeah. Oh, dear. That, that, that's a good bench test of Exchange yep. Online if it actually would survive that. One of the first things that people taught me when I moved to Microsoft was Outlook rules. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh. How to manage your email properly. Because you have a bit of a deluge of yep. amazing And process. also not getting on all of the distribution lists. <laughs> because as you can imagine with every big organization, it's not just Microsoft, but every big organization has lots of distribution lists. So people have to keep in contact and yep. people have different time frames so uh, so how, I just want to know one thing how many unread messages in your inbox 15 15 okay not he's not, good at this yes we are not I am I'm not I'm good 3,000 and counting what wow what he said <laughs> and I think that's gonna have to be the yeah. end of this because you're gonna go and clean your inbox Simon <laughs> We'll we'll see you in February yeah, when you get to inbox exactly. zero. Yep, <laughs> sounds like sounds like a plan. Well, Michael, thank you very much for coming on. It has been awesome talking to you, and I think that's pretty much it. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening, and have a good one. Bye. Bye.